When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the final word daily, covering the England and New Zealand test match from Lords. The first test day four after day three was washed out by rain. Jeff Lemon and Adam Collins with you. And Adam Collins is about to tell you what happened on day four in 30 seconds or less. I'll try. It was a very busy day. England lost the wicket first ball of it. Joe Root when the score was on 1-1-1. One, one, one. Uh, that was courtesy of uh, Kyle Jamieson. Then Tim Southey takes three wickets when the score's on one forty. Rips the middle order out entirely. But thankfully, England had Rory Burns who made his way to his third Test 100. Had support from Ollie Robinson. Likewise, James Anderson reduced the deficit to just 103, which wasn't actually a bad effort. But New Zealand are well in control. They're 62 for two at the close. Ollie Robinson taking both of those wickets, including the big one of Kane Williams. But only one team can really win this game. New Zealand will need to do everything right tomorrow, though. How have I gone? That, that, felt, that, that felt pretty straight? good. I reckon it might yeah. have been a couple over, um, just just by my <laughs> thirty-second spidey senses. Um, but I think I think you were there and thereabouts. Um, but we'll know when even the animation. My, <laughs> even by my standards, I felt like I had to talk quite quickly to squeeze mm. in uh, so much because yeah, I think the fact that that third day was washed out. It meant that New Zealand realised they needed to really bowl England out inside the follow-on. Mm-hmm. And in, they didn't do it. Uh, you know, uh, England passed that. But for a period of time there, it looked like they might. Like, I suppose the energy of the day, had, had it been day yeah. three, it would have, I don't know, maybe not moseyed along, but they needed to put the foot down. And, and Saudi is such an experienced campaigner. He, I mean, to think that if Trent Bolt was available, it might have been Saudi who missed out on this test mm. match, which seems absolutely wild given how well he's bowled over the last couple of years but yeah gets on that honours board at Lords for the second time I really liked the, um, the the contrast the old and the new I suppose with New Zealand's bowling where Kyle Jamieson you know the hot new prospect um, the one who's, who's played half a dozen test matches in New Zealand um, but was venturing overseas for New Zealand for the first time he's got Joe Root having to wait for 36 hours in between um, <laughs> finishing his innings at the end of one day and picking it up on day four and then bang first ball of the morning Kyle Jamison, it bowls, you know, a, not an unplayable delivery, but a very good one with steepling mm. bounce and a bit of seam. And uh, so, you know, the new guy gets that happening, and then it's Southey, the such an experienced campaigner, been around for uh, so many years doing the job, and, and has had times when he's had to carry this New Zealand side. And he's really been the bowler who's like ferociously smashing through a lineup. You know, he's got a, a test best of seven for he's taken a handful of sixes, but. You you know, he doesn't generally get massive bags. He generally does a fair bit of workhorse stuff rather than you know, being the guy who rips through a lineup. But today he was the, the one who ripped through a lineup. That that three in the middle order, but then coming back when they really needed a breakthrough with the Robinson partnership with Burns, getting rid of Robinson, and then coming back again to get rid of Burns after a, another stubborn partnership. He was just the centre of everything that happened for New Zealand with the ball today. Yeah, it's like he's always been the sidekick, even though Bolton Southey are considered 
uh, to be partners. And I suppose mm. latterly, or in more recent times rather, um, Jameson having started his test career so well, and now Neil Wagner uh, creates a, a lot of attention purely by virtue of the way that he goes about it, the Energizer Bunny. So, yeah, but Southie quietly ticking over, doing his thing. Uh, three wickets with the score on 140 in the space of a couple of overs. For a moment there, Jeff, I didn't think England were going to pass the follow-on market. A good ball that went uh, in towards the pads of Ollie Pope, who was shuffled all the way over, which has been a criticism of the way that he sets up uh, in the last couple of seasons, in that if you're starting out all, all the way out over across it off stump, if a ball does nip back, you, you're going to mm. find yourself in some strife. And he was plumb leg before. Uh, Dan Lawrence, a, a profligate shot, much in the same uh, form that we saw from Zach Crawley a couple of nights ago. In fact, almost a carbon copy of it. He was gone for a duck. And then Bracey on debut around the wicket, uh, through the slope, or th- down the slope rather, through the gate. That was a fine piece of bowling, mm. but a big gap uh, between bat and pad. So yeah, three wickets falling on that score. Uh, they needed Ollie Robinson. Again, he, he bowled very nicely on day one and day two, and he batted exceptionally well uh, to add, I think he added 63 alongside Burns, who was watching the carnage up the other end and if not for that pair it would be a very different test match going into the fifth day. Absolutely I, I felt for James Bracey on debut you know he's watched Devin Conway rack up a double hundred <laughs> um, first time of asking and then has to walk back for naught after being clean bowled really that, that the, you know the, the left hander having that that ball move in it showed the versatility of Southie because he picked up the Lawrence wicket with the outswinger uh, was able to bring it into the right handed Pope and then bring it in as well to the left handed Bracey um, so much variation mm. and, and control over his variations I guess and then um, the, as you said the, the Robinson partnership was vital it was it was building up while Saudi was having a rest, you know, and then he had to be brought back uh, after that partnership had swelled and went the the short ball to get rid of um, to get rid of Ollie Robinson. So all of Saudi's variations were there, um, you know, able to use that bouncer to to decent effect. Uh, and and I suppose you wouldn't necessarily have expected a big number eleven partnership, but Jimmy Anderson he, he's going to get his test average back <laughs> above ten. It only went under ten pretty recently, but you know he was not out today, eight not out. But we've got to talk about Rory Burns because anyone who's watched mm. the show for a while will know that I'm not necessarily a, a fan of the aesthetics of watching Rory Burns bat. But today was absolutely the best innings I've seen him play. He he was bloody minded. He was determined. He wasn't shotless though. He didn't just try to wait it out. You know, he did choose judiciously when to play his bigger shots. Um, but he was just so patient as well. And without him, they would have been they could have lost this test match already. Oh, totally. He earned the chance to do that that bow that he does whenever he uh, makes a century for Surrey or England. And yeah, just to, one more point on, on Saudi. I think watching a lot of cricket at Lords over the last handful of years, it's the bowlers that can take it the other way up the slope that are so dangerous. And that's what Saudi was able to do. It was using the angle from around the wicket, but moving it both ways, not relying mm-hmm. on the slope. That's why he's such a handful. And we saw his bouncer was quite effective against Australia at Perth a couple of years ago. So he was the complete package today, uh, six for 43. He's I think his economy rate was like 1.7 as well. So mm. he, he never gave them. He never let them off the hook. 
look, uh, as for Burns, you're right, that was his best test innings uh, so far, especially in the context of all that was going on up the other end. He was patient. Uh, he got through some tough spells. He was dropped along the way. I mean, he should have been stumped on 77 mm. when Mitchell Sutner beat him on the outside edge. And uh, unfortunately for New Zealand, BJ Watling wasn't able to complete the job. Burns was way down the track. He was hit on the helmet twice. So I saw a quick viz stat saying that that means he's been sconed on five occasions in test cricket. And that means that in terms of when he made his debut, no one's been hit more on the helmet since him since that point in time. So, uh, mm. look, uh, we, we know that the short ball was something that Australia were able to, uh, well, uh, exploit with Burns uh, back in 2019. He got through that interrogation from Wagner on the second evening, uh, played the pull shot well when he was able to make contact today and, and, and wasn't daunted by it, I suppose, Jeff. He wasn't bounced out. And then on 98, in walks Jimmy. Uh, they put on 52, Anderson, eight not out, I think it was. But I reckon, Jeff, the loudest roar of the day, with the exception of the burn century, uh, was when he had to face two balls, Anderson, to get through. I think it was Wagner bowling, wasn't it? And he defended two deliveries to make sure. Or might, actually, it was Jamison, wasn't it? Jamison from yeah. over the wicket. And somehow Anderson managed to get through it. The first one hit him on the thigh, the second one on the inside edge. But it was enough to get Burns back on strike and, and move to his third test ton. Yeah, I mean, it was. I, I thought. I think Burns was on ninety one, maybe when Anderson came in. So there was a little. Oh, bit that's of work right. Left, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't a, a simple one. And Anderson played quite nicely as well. Um, spanked a, a boundary through the covers too, off off Mitchell Santner. Um, you know, very very nice. Sort of getting on the back foot and, and lacing it away, and enjoyed that. Um, got the reverse sweep out again, not to any great effect, but you know, it's it's always it's not an Anderson innings unless the reverse sweep comes out. Um, <laughs> But, and, and I liked the way that Burns got more expansive as well. It, it was one of those partnerships that it was it was a real surprise when the 50 stand came up because it, it rattled up pretty quickly. Um, but they were still in some trouble you know, once they were out. You know, Southey comes back, gets Burns to edge behind. Um, yeah. You know, just just as, as, as Conway did in the first innings, having batted through and then being last out. And they're still 100 behind uh, at that point, which means that... I don't know where where do you see the game sitting with with New Zealand 150 odd in front can they go for it in the first session at say 5 and over um until lunchtime get 300 up and and then try to bowl out England in a couple of sessions or would that be not enough time given this week it doesn't look that difficult to bat on yet well, they've lost so much time in this game due to weather, but they've lost 21 overs uh, with overs not bowled. Only 30 mm. uh, were in before the close of play. There to be a great, great many more than that. But again, over eights have been a problem uh, throughout the course of the Test match when England have been in operation, unfortunately. But I felt as though, counterintuitively, it would have almost served England better had Burns got to 100 and got out next ball because really mm. England need to take 10 wickets as quickly as possible. I, I don't really see any scenario now. Um, look, they're 165 ahead New Zealand, but in order to get to a, a place of safety they would probably need to bat for what half the day tomorrow before they'll be willing to declare and then they're only leaving themselves 50 odd overs to bowl England out a second time like look they can do it of course they can do it we've seen it happen before but mm. the central case or balance of probabilities is that England don't have enough time to bowl out New Zealand in order to give themselves yep. enough time to chase it down and they did very nicely Jeff with the ball I thought Anderson and Broad bowled outstandingly well uh, in their 12 over union at the start of the innings neither of them uh, took a wicket but as soon as the change bowler came on Ollie Robinson he did he went through Conway um, for 23 I think it was after the double ton mm-hmm. uh, in the first innings which was no mean feat given the sort of form and the way he must be seeing the ball at the moment and Jeff 
the way that he set up Kane Williamson again. Um, he actually had him out, given out leg before, the delivery before, but a little faint edge was detected on DRS. But then they used DRS wisely after blowing a couple mm. um, earlier on, one via Broad and one via Anderson, I think it was. But in any case, they, they had the review. Root was wise to use it, and, and they see the back of Williamson for one. But, I mean, Robinson, four wickets in the first innings, 42 with the blade. He's taken two for eight uh, so far this evening, mm. uh, notwithstanding all the problems he has off the field, and that may well lead to him being left out for edge next week and who knows what other disciplinary activity might take place and we'll talk about that properly uh, on the weekly show on on Tuesday I think but he's certainly a player that's capable at this level no question yeah pretty likely to miss the next test match from what we're hearing which I suppose fits in with England's rotation policy um yeah, given the fact that he has taken half a dozen wickets, they wouldn't necessarily want to be leaving him out at this stage. So I, I just wonder whether New Zealand could go harder tomorrow and you know put on mm. another 120 um, without needing to bat half the day. You know, get Colin DeGrande. I mean, if they need to um, go for it a bit and and give themselves the opportunity to you know to to leave England something tempting enough that maybe they have a crack at it. So what do we reckon if we were to do the maths here? So they're 165 ahead, 98 yep. overs at their disposal tomorrow. So it's a lot of overs, but let's be realistic. They're not going to get 98 in based on the over rates we've seen yeah. in this test. I mean, I suppose you've got, you've got to, it's actually 90 on the final day, isn't it? You can't make up overs on day five, I don't think. But the point remains is that, um, you know, uh, we've had problems with that through the test match. And nevertheless, if they, what, if they got to 300 ahead in mm-hmm. 30 overs tomorrow, it, it'd be a... They have to go to a really decent clip, but might that be enough? Or would they be willing yeah. to leave England 302 sessions? I, I, I would. You'd like to think that would be enough. Even even 280 up, um, you know, 280 or 300 mm. up with with 60 overs to go. Um, you'd have to think that that would be. You know, that that's not crazy sort of um, Brendan McCullum gambling. Um, Kane Williamson's a bit more of a circumspect <laughs> character, but you'd you'd think that the New Zealand attitude would more likely to be, be to go for it. You know, I hope that it is. Otherwise, uh, we could be in for a, a relatively dull day five. Yeah, the only other side of that is that this isn't the main game for New Zealand on this tour. Let's be realistic. Mm. They, they've got a World Test Championship final in a fortnight. And if Tom Latham's batting well and playing his game, which isn't an overly expansive one, and let's say Ross Taylor gets some runs. Neil Wagner's with uh, with Latham at the moment as the night watchman. But say Taylor gets into a bit of nick, they might be reluctant to, to change gears or, or to pull the mm. pin in order to get them in form. So, yeah, a different variable uh, there beyond this series, that being the huge clash they have in two weeks against India. Yep, I suppose that's right. Let's think about Woodstock Cricket Bats for about 10 seconds. But after that, we've got to pick what is the final word Hall of Fame moment for the day? The thing that is the most, that feels the most final word. We'll be back with that in just a sec. Woodstock Cricket, home of the finest handmade cricket bats and soft goods. Visit either our showroom or workshop and experience the magic for yourselves. For bookings, contact info at woodstockcricket.co.uk. It's the Final Word Daily with Jeff Lemon and Adam Collins. The player of the day pretty obviously has to be Tim Southey, uh, who we've talked about at length already, although you could make an outside case saying that Kyle Jamieson's the one who started it off. If you can knock over England's best player first ball of the day, that's what set mm. up the possibility for the day to uh, unfold the way it did. Yeah, you could also make a case for Rory Burns. You could also make a case yep. for Ollie Robinson. So, yeah, it was a really interesting full day of test cricket. I really enjoyed it. 
Yeah, yeah. Maybe Rory Burns should get a look in because I may never say this again, but maybe Rory Burns is my player of the day because that was a <laughs> it was a commendable innings. Um, now the Hall of Fame, the, the the moments that stood out for you. I know you were deep in the stats books a fair bit today. Yeah, well, uh, I'll just note that uh, Stuart Broad hit a massive six and got bowled next ball, which I think, in ordinary yeah. circumstances, in a less good. in a less packed day, uh, that would probably mm. be our contender. Uh, Andrew Sampson came up with two absolute beauties today. Uh, one at the start, it's the first time mm-hmm. that a team has resumed on one 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 and lost a wicket on one one one. Of course, Nelson, the score in England, but an even better one, which I think I kind of helped facilitate. I sent him a message and asked him whether it might be true, and it was. Conway in the first innings, last player out after opening, the same applied to Burns. So in consecutive innings, Mm. the opening bat has gone within one wicket of carrying their bat. That's never happened to two batsmen in the same test match ever. So Mm. the fact that it's never happened before, I think that for me uh, goes into the Hall of Fame. As much as I wanted both men to to achieve that feat, Mm -hmm. um, the fact that they didn't uh, almost is better because it gives us uh, a new thing as far as um, statistical columns are concerned. I'll add the caveat that that was in the first innings, the two respective first innings of a test match. Um, so it may have happened in a, you know, second and third or something like that. But and, uh, yeah, consecutive. Sorry, the, it, when it was consecutive occasions, I should say. I yeah. asked him whether it was yeah, two innings mm. on the trot in test cricket. But still, it's good enough. It is. It is. Um, I would nominate the point, the very unexpected point where I mean, Rory Burns hitting a six was relatively unexpected, but Rory Burns playing the Ben Stokes sweep shot (laughs) against pace was extremely unexpected just suddenly galloping across outside his off stump sinking down on one knee like he's replaying a bit from the 2019 world cup final and just launching i can't remember who it was that he launched actually um who, who did he hit the six off I reckon it might have been Cole Jamison, you know. Mm. Uh, I've just got it in my... Either way, it was one of the three I think it was Wagner. I think it was Wagner, maybe. Okay, right, yeah. Yeah, but, but, you know, facing a a, a very decently quick bowler and just deciding, I'll just plonk that over deep square leg with the slog sweep. Um, That was a a beautiful moment. It was like it was Halloween. Rory Burns was dressed up as as Ben Stokes. It was two (laughs) left-handers, two very different left-handers, something special. Um, I'm I'm just going to throw one more Hall of Fame in there. Uh, Vidushan Ahantaraja, our mate Vish, who we love very dearly, uh, he put in a stellar effort on Sky Television this morning. Jeff, I'm not sure um, if you saw this interview on Australian TV, but he was there with Mike Atherton and Nasser Hussain, um, sounding uh, eloquent and brilliant as always, and and he got absolutely grilled by Atherton at the end when they asked him to nominate uh, a young player who was doing doing well in the Shires and he completely blanked. Had a fantastic half an hour on telly um, before being uh, just burnt at the last minute, which I thought was quite funny. But I, I wanted to plug the fact that Vish is going to join us on the weekly show to talk about this test mm-hmm. match and the Ollie Robinson-Farago on Tuesday. Okay. Excellent. Uh, well, that will be in podcast feeds and in bits and pieces on this channel. Thanks to everyone who's watching the videos and signing up. Uh, the numbers keep going up. That's very nice. You can support the show at, on Patreon if you want to do that as well. And uh, otherwise, we'll see you tomorrow for the final word on day five.